Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Have you ever been afraid to follow someone or something, perhaps afraid to follow someone into battle if you were a soldier, afraid to follow hikers hiking along the side of a cliff, afraid to dive with other children into the pool for the first time, perhaps doubting, maybe not wanting to commit? Today we wrap up our sermon series called Stop Being Afraid. I'm calling this sermon The Fear of Following. In Luke chapter 5, verse 27, Christ says to Matthew, follow me. Christ doesn't say, follow your feelings. He doesn't say, follow your dreams or follow your desires. Christ does not say, follow the crowd, the clique, or the culture. Christ says, follow me. It was an artist in the Italian Renaissance around around 1600s named Michelangelo Maurice Caravaggio. kind of remember these paintings from humanities class in college. Anyway, look this up and Google it online to see this picture. Caravaggio, C-A-R-A-V-A-G-G-I-O. The painting you're looking for is called The Calling of St. Matthew. Not the inspiration of St. Matthew, but The Calling of St. Matthew. This painting was revolutionary for its day because... Biblical art in Caravaggio's day was stylized and idealized, was full of angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. But in the calling of St. Matthew, Caravaggio presents the biblical story as happening right now. So you have people in modern dress of the day. Sometimes the paintings even included people from the town, like the mayor or the painter himself. We saw that once when We were looking at a painting of Rembrandt and later of Van Gogh. Theologians call this type of painting that modernizes the characters in dress of the day, they call it the Viva Vox Christi, the living voice of Christ. Christ is still speaking, just here and right now. That's why Caravaggio doesn't include angels, archangels, and all the company of heaven. The artist brings us face to face with Christ, who says in Luke 5.27, Follow me. So Caravaggio places the action within his own time and place. You see on the left are five people seated at a table dressed in the contemporary European style of Caravaggio's day. And on the right are two other men. One of them is Jesus with the halo, and Peter is with him. They are clothed in the attire of Christ's day. The contrast underscores this truth. Jesus speaks to us right where we are with the Viva Vox Christi, living voice of Christ. And what is the living voice of Christ saying? Follow me. Note the stark differences in the clothing between the two groups. On the left, seated around the table, there's colors and textures and ornamentation points to the world that is rich and comfortable and brilliant colors. 
Notice the handling of the feathers and silks and satin, fur and velvets, all full of luxury. These men are doing more than just making a living. They're making a killing. And Christ calls Matthew to leave it all. On the other hand, how are Jesus and Peter portrayed? Both are plainly dressed, and they are even barefoot. Christ calls Matthew to this life of simplicity and humility. Above Jesus and Peter, you see a large, prominently placed window, but it emits no light. The window is dark. The light, slicing diagonally and dramatically across the picture, doesn't come from the window. It comes from Jesus. All the light comes from Jesus. This dramatic use of light and darkness is more than just an artistic technique. It conveys a profound truth. Matthew and those with him and those like him live in darkness, the darkness of stinginess and greed and the darkness that always thirsts for more. Remember, Matthew was a tax collector. Look carefully at the left side of the painting. The artist freezes the action right after Matthew hears Christ's words, follow me. Matthew is pointing to himself. Me? Look at his eyes. They are full of fear. Matthew is running scared. He has just heard Jesus call his name. Matthew now sits in the glaring light that shatters his darkness. Should he follow or not? Christ's call on our lives often elicits the same kind of fear. Really, Jesus? You calling me? But Lord, just look at how comfortable I am. I've got all I need in my dark little room. Enough of your light, Jesus. Leave me alone in my dark little room. Remember who Matthew was. He was a Jew working as a tax collector for Romans. And the Romans, they were hated foreign occupiers. That's why Matthew's countrymen, the Jews, considered him a traitor. Matthew makes his living by forcing people to fork over their hard-earned money. And if they don't, Matthew had the authority to throw them in jail. Or worse, violators could be crucified. That's why Jews considered tax collectors to be much like lepers and prostitutes. Unloved, unwanted, unrighteous, and absolutely unholy. Switch your attention now to the right side of the painting. Jesus is standing with Peter. Why does Caravaggio include Peter? Because when Jesus calls us to follow, we are called into a community of fellow believers. Fellow followers. That's good news. We never follow alone. We have each other. But there's even more good news. Matthew knows that his life is full of pettiness and greed. Matthew knows he has an insatiable desire for more. But now, without any questions or conditions, Christ offers Matthew love, forgiveness, and a new life. Christ is calling Matthew out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at the two figures on the left of the painting. If we look closely, we see one counting coins on the table. On the table, we also see a pen in an inkwell and a ledger for recording the day's take. Another man is adjusting his glasses to get a better look at the money. Both men are so absorbed in their business that they don't notice Jesus. But why notice Jesus? Look at the window taking up such a large part of the painting. 
the panes form a cross because that's where Jesus is going. If you look very closely at his feet, the artist has Jesus already leaving the room. Where is Jesus going? Jesus is going to the cross. That's finally what Luke's gospel is all about. Luke chapter 9 says Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 50, I have set my face like flint. Thirteen times in Luke's gospel, Jesus says he must go to Jerusalem in order to suffer, bleed, die, and rise again. Thirteen times. Luke chapter 13 He says, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. In Luke 17, he says, but first I must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. In Luke 24, he says, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And he did it all for you. Well, did Matthew follow? Did he leave his fears behind? Did he leave his dark little room and walk into the light of Christ's love? Luke chapter 5, verse 28 and 29 says, And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then he held a great banquet. He did it. Matthew did it. He got up. He faced his fears. He got up to follow Jesus. And then this happened. Matthew didn't sing stricken, smitten, and afflicted. He didn't moan and groan and pick a bone. What did Matthew do? A banquet. It was time to celebrate. I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead, but now I'm alive. It's quite strange that this fear of following is ongoing in the lives of the disciples, as it is in your and my life. Matthew chapter 28 calls this to our attention in the closing verses of the gospel, right before Pentecost Pentecost takes place. The familiar passage reads, the part that we know, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But notice that this paragraph starts out like this, just a couple verses before. So the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain Jesus had designated, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. The same word is used when Jesus spoke to Peter, whom he had called out to walk with him and follow him on the water. Matthew writes, Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You have little faith, why did you doubt? This word in Greek means to waver in your opinion, to go back and forth, not deciding, not to fully commit, and here specifically, not to commit fully to follow. The what-ifs abound. What if Jesus is a spirit and not real? What if we fail? What if... Fill in the blank. Note that Caravaggio in the painting, leaves an open place at the table. Wonder why. The artist invites you to take a seat. You're at the table, and so am I. What are you doing at the table? What are you preoccupied with? Counting the money? Filling in the leisure? 
preparing for tomorrow's workday? Where is your focus? Do you even notice when Jesus comes calling right here, right now? Do you follow as Peter does, wavering? Do you doubt as the disciples when they saw the resurrected Lord on the hill? If we focus on ourselves or anything else on the table, then the answer is yes. We will doubt and waver as Peter looked around at the waves on the water and doubted. But in the very next verse, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. That had to relieve the doubt in the disciples to go. If I'm doubting, if I'm failing to commit, if I'm doubting to follow, all authority is given to Jesus. Because Christ is still speaking. It's the viva vox Christi, the living voice of Christ, calling, courting, claiming you and me. Lord, we say it all sounds so risky, so scary. There are so many unknowns, but... Look again at our dark little room, and it only deals us death. But there is life with Jesus, forgiven life, new life, eternal life, and all authority has been given to him. So let's get up from the table and follow. It'll be time to celebrate today and forevermore. All power has been given to him. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.